My name is Harrison Wheeler, and this is the Technically Speaking Podcast. I sit down with BIPOC designers, entrepreneurs, and technologists. We discuss careers, triumphs, their resilience, and the why behind their decisions. Before we get started with the show, I just wanted to plug our Patreon. If you like what you're listening to and you want to support the podcast, for as low as $3, you can contribute monthly to help support the production of the show. You can contribute today by heading over to patreon.com slash technicallyspeakinghw. I'll also include the link in the show notes. Ashley Phillips and Nero LaFlaga discuss their journey of starting their agency, Kime, and the challenges they faced along the way. They emphasize the importance of flexibility and adapting to change in the creative industry. They also talk about their approach to branding and the needs for brands to be adaptable and versatile. They also express their excitement for the future and opportunities that lie ahead. Let's get into it. Today, I have Ashley Phillips and Miro LaFlaga, founders of Six Sankim an agency in Montreal, Canada. Welcome to the show. How are y'all doing today? For having us. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. How are we doing today? Doing very well. Spring officially started and usually it's super cold in Montreal. So it's very cool that the weather is finally great and yeah. we're a hoodie outside now. Okay. We're good. I'm so happy to have you all on the show. I feel Miro, we probably, I know maybe Katie Cowan had introduced you to yeah. On LinkedIn and Twitter, like all the social networks, actually. <laughs> the um, ones that matter right now. The, one, the ones that matter right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Now there's like a new one. Have you heard of this post.cv at all? No. What is that? It's like a designer oriented sort of social network. Huh. Right now, the app is in like test flight beta. So it's a really small group, but y'all should check it out. It's a lot of designers and creatives on there. Yeah. I've been keeping it for the past maybe couple of weeks. So it looks a little promising. The advent of most new social networks always feels promising, right? Yeah. Awesome. Look, let's get into some icebreakers to start out. And one of the icebreakers that I usually like to start the show off. All right. So one question that I like to start off with new guests on the show is what is something that you are currently obsessed with? Currently, I'm currently obsessed with. I don't mind. I think, I don't know if it's the same answer, but I feel like fitness. Yeah. 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 Cause like we've been going to the gym, like we've always been working out and stuff, yeah. but now more than ever, I'm just trying to like be able to do a pull up. Oh, I don't know. I, it's hard for women to get a pull up. Yeah. yeah I, I'm really like focused on achieving my gym goals. You know what I mean? That's one. Yeah. I can say that's yeah. one for me. Another one. Yeah. It's going to sound very geeky and weird but like pokemon battles like i've been, I've been playing battles yeah like i got the new pokemon violet and i've just been playing online nice. watching videos on how to build the best teams and just played online with some of these kids and you know so i've just been very like geeky yeah. on that watch a lot of people on youtube videos and just yeah stream. is that on the switch the last time i played pokemon yeah. was on the switch. game Boy, so that that yeah, probably yeah. yeah. okay <laughs> yeah I'm so bad at video games. I feel like I'd probably mention this in another episode. I remember playing my nephew in Fortnite 
and he was just running circles around me. I could, I had to look at the controller. <laughs> I was the dude looking at the controller. So it was, it's almost come full circle. Like I talk about my dad using one finger to type and my dad is a writer, he just released a book. So he types with one finger and now here I am, like if I'm playing with these young cats, I'm just like, okay, what are the combinations? <laughs> Yeah. And congrats on the pull-up thing. I know that's a, a really big accomplishment. Yes, I'm, I'm so pumped and excited to yeah. get my class. Yes, I practice yeah. the literature yes. every single day. Yeah. <laughs> or you do, the, do you do the bands? Do you use like yeah, the assistant machine? The and I'm doing negatives and I'm getting stronger. So I'm like, nice. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. I find it so cool. I find pull-ups like just seeing women be able to do a pull-up. I find that yeah. very cool. So I'm just trying to be one of those. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, I was, my next question is like, what has been like one of the biggest highlights over the last six months? Mm -hmm. Is it the pull up or is it something else? No, it's something else. I'm not that obsessed. <laughs> like we just wrapped up a huge project. Yeah. Can't say it yet. I don't know when this is going to come out. I feel it, like we can say it like huh? it's going to be out this month. No. Yeah. yeah. We still have to get through another five episodes of this season. I think y'all still probably have. Yeah, okay. Well, okay. we worked on the Westbrook project. Wow. That's, is that Will Smith's company? Yeah. Wow. We did a whole rebrand for them. Oh, wow. That's huge. That's on their website right now. They didn't advertise it yet, but if you go on their yeah. website, go on westbrook.com, like a new branded and everything that's. Yeah. Wow. We didn't do the website, but we did the branding. Yeah. Of they really took are branding and went crazy with it. So that's usually what clients do when you give them a new brand, yes. they just go crazy with it. Yeah, but it's very exciting. So that was a big highlight for yeah, us. And very exciting. It was. Yeah. I think that will make like validation for us, mm -hmm. very validating yeah. for our worth, our skills, <laughs> our worth, our competence. Yeah. yeah. Which I already knew y'all had, right? Yes. Uh, but it just reaffirmed it to be like, yeah. okay, like this situation, which seemed like higher stakes, I'm able to do it at that level and yeah. you know what I mean? It's just, okay, yeah, I can really do that. What we're doing is actually legit. We're testing it with in higher stakes. Yeah. I have a question for you. So specifically on the brand piece, like what is the learnings from having a brand? I know this probably isn't your first time, but like creating a brand and then somebody running with, and I guess what kind of goes into it to allow someone to be flexible where it bends it, but it doesn't necessarily breaks it. You can. Yeah, that's a challenge actually, because we can't really, unless we're working on doing ongoing work with them, which isn't always the case, yeah. we don't have much control over how they're going to sure. use the brand. So there's, we always make any brand that we build, we always try to make sure that it's flexible, that it's, it has the versatility to withstand the test of time, but also to be used in different contexts and adapted in different contexts. But clients don't always know how to do that in the best way. Sure. So either they won't live up to the brand's full potential or they'll overdo it and just go really crazy with how they use it. Yeah. Even though they have a brand guide and things like that, a lot of the companies we work with are startups, so they don't necessarily have an internal design or marketing team to really help them like follow the brand guide. So that's actually a bit of a challenge. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So look, I see the tribe called Quest poster in the background. Actually, next, to... The next question I have for you is what kind of music do y'all listen to to get y'all focused? Focused. Yeah. 
Honestly, like a lot of it, it's weird, but we work in silence a lot of the time. <laughs> we work in silence. I think we only listen to music like when we're at the gym. Yeah, we listen to music. Really? Like, yeah. I don't listen to music outside of that. Like I'll no. probably listen to a podcast here and there yeah. outside of them, but I don't know, it's hard for me to listen to music while working or throughout our day. It can, if it is, like me, I don't mind like putting like some like ambient nature sounds or like maybe yeah. some classic music or maybe something like very low key or very relaxing yeah. or whatever, depending on my mood. And you're cleaning the house. When you're cleaning the house or whatever. Yeah, but and I don't mind actually during work, but I feel like for you, maybe you get distracted by it because yeah. you have a short attention span. Yeah, it would have to. If yeah. it's music playing while working, it has to be very ambient. Like, yeah. Music yeah. Going but, on. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find yourself when you listen to music, do you listen to new things or like a lot of the old stuff on repeat? I think it's a little bit of mixture, but I always have Spotify, man. It just curates my playlist with my playlist. So it just knows what I want to listen to, which is creepy. Like old stuff and new stuff. And I just just go back to it. Yeah. I get tired of the old stuff though no. I don't know if you feel that way but sometimes I get tired of listening to the same thing over and over so let's try to listen to new things like I've been listening to Pink Panthers is that what her name is a lot that's, from the UK? That, yeah that's a bit that's been new for me yeah and I'm digging that because like I feel like older music it brings me back to like times in my life that mm. I'm over it you know what I mean yeah I want to have music new music that I associate with this time in my yeah. life oh. Reliving the past through old songs, but it's always good to go back sometimes. That's interesting. That's true. Yeah. That's true. You feel that yeah. way? Yeah. When I listen to a certain piece of music, it brings me back to that moment mm-hmm. in time when I first started listening to music. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, that was like so long ago, and I was a completely different person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pros and cons. I like your. I like that comment you made around making music for the time because, like, for me, I rarely have time to listen to music at all so i'm mostly talking all day <laughs> and then if i'm not talking i'm usually writing some sort of like document or contributing to some strategy which requires a ton of focus time so it is most i think for me mostly it's like going to the gym and then the gym has their own playlist that i just listen so you, you mentioned this thing about spotify algorithms all that stuff look There's a lot happening right now between like artificial intelligence. We've got some real funny business happening in the financial markets. I think even from an industry perspective, we're seeing a transition with a lot of companies doing layoffs and new upstarts. So as with all of that, there's always more opportunity. Is there anything like right now that y'all are excited about through all of this? Excited about? I feel like it's an this, it's an this time is an opportunity for us for our industry specifically. Yeah, like, I could see that. I could see. I'm not excited about, but I do see that there might be an opportunity to go back to the old traditional way of marketing. I don't know. I'm very like keen on that. Sometimes because everything's also digital now, so yeah. when everything's digital. There's a lack of personalization. So when you think about when you actually normal people, like regular people, like when's the last time you got a handwritten letter? When was the last time you got something in the mail or what was the last time? And I feel like everyone's pushing to this whole, like, okay, find new ways to like market digitally and all of that with the evolution of everything. I do feel like there is opportunity to bring in this 
traditional way of doing things. I was just reading, it was an article in DigiDay and we're talking about Slack and how Slack, they're changing their way of how they're marketing. They're mm -hmm. going, they're more focusing on going to events and going to key yeah. areas to meet like their actual like decision makers. Like they're yeah. trying to make more personalized. And I found that so interesting, like while everyone else is trying to find different ways to like, oh, let's utilize AI technology and find new ways to market and blah, blah, blah. But like, it's cool to see the unorthodox ways or old traditional ways that we probably forgot and find a way to bring them current time. So that's what I'm interested in and seeing in this day and age. But I don't know if I'm excited about it, but I'm very curious to know more about it. Yeah, it's like w with COVID, I think everything took a hard pivot to online, right? Making business deals, but also just generally networking. Because I, I held a few meetups last year and it was just interesting because it felt, it felt new in many ways of actually meeting people in person. And I think still even today, I think outside of like your big events with a ton of money behind it, I think there's still a lot of opportunity for like smaller communities to, to get together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because yeah, there was a world before all the digital transactions that we moved into. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. No, for sure. And I think I'm not one of those people who are like, I feel like the one wrong way of looking at it is to not pay attention to what's going on. This is going to be part of our lives and it's going to be yeah. the norm in the next couple of years. So it's very important to pay attention to. But I do yeah. think like we have to find a way to make sure that we keep that human connection. Cause like you said, like even us, like, like when we started meeting more and like our collaborators in person and just having these conversations in person is, whoa, yeah, okay. different energy. It's a different, different energy, energy, different type of transaction, different, different. And a lot of people are seen it for that. I feel like. Yeah, it's true. I feel like the online interactions, they tend to feel transactional organizing yeah. like you're here. For a specific purpose and goal we're having this meeting for a specific purpose and goal whereas in person once that transaction is over you're still there in person yeah. and there's space to for there's space for spontaneity yeah and for it to just happen that you didn't expect or ideas to or conversations happen that you didn't plan exactly yeah. yeah let's turn the conversation towards you all so I'd really actually be curious you both have had experience working in the creative industry doing separate things, but at what point did you all decide that it's time to, to start an agency? It started very organically for us. Like you said, we had both been doing our own thing. Very, I was fresh out of school. You were doing your own thing, creative direction and things like that, like on a local level. And when we got together and we started collaborating, it just happened naturally where we're just happened to be working together on these different projects or Miro brought me on to different projects. And as we continue to work together and build up our portfolio of work that we've done together, it just made sense to make it more official and turn it into something official. But we didn't have any, we did it in a very naive way where nothing was super planned. You know yeah. what I mean? We just decided to do it for the fun of it. Yeah. And then it became more serious over time. Yeah, it was a lot of trial and error because like yeah. Emma said, like I'll bring her on my projects and she was very critical of a lot of my projects. Like she came from a design background. I did not went to school for this at all. I was just freestyling it. So she was very critical on the fonts I was using and just the aesthetic of things. And I was, and I didn't take that out as, oh, we could see my work. I was really appreciative of that because yeah. I respected like her academic background and her experiences right. knew 
I didn't know there was difference in these types of different yeah. fonts. I'm like, this font looks the coolest. I'm using this, this cool looking font. <laughs> Which they were able to play to me like, no, these fonts mean this X, Y, Z. And, and I thought that was so cool. So we just started working together and then we were a duo and they, and at first we were just like, oh, Ash and Miro, people would just know us as that and we're just working on projects. But uh, we knew that, okay, listen, if we're going to like transition and bring this up to another stage, we kind of just don't present ourselves. Yeah, I Ash and Miro. This, and it was confusing it. for people because we both had our own logo <laughs> and we were just putting them together in the same proposal, but it was like so ghetto. Like, why are there two different logos? Yeah. Let's just make it one thing. So, okay, let's build this thing together. And this is what we're going to do. And just like, it, 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 we were forced in a way to just make this more feel legit and more professional. Yeah. yeah. So was that more of a motivation? Did you think that was like a motivation to get like larger clients or be taken more seriously in that regard? Yeah, I think we wanted to be taken more. It's hard. It's so interesting going back to that the mindset of that time because I almost forget it. But we did want to be taken more seriously at that time. Yeah, we want bigger projects. We wanted to, because at the time, not saying I wasn't myself, like we were like those eclectic artists at that time like me because we're super raw raw at that time and it's yeah not thing i felt like in order for us to transition to that next level it was a certain way of how we presented everything we right. had to package all of this not saying that sure we want to be in ourselves but there was a way to package all of this so people could understand really okay this is the value provided this is the problem that we're solving and this is the solution that we're we providing to be able to yeah. articulate that and just present everything in a very well packaged way we felt we needed to do that in order to transition to that next stage in our career. And I'm happy that we did that. Look, so I have to ask this. What is the dynamic like? How would you all describe each other? Because just listening to that, Miro, it sounds like you were just going with the flow that describes it. And I think for you, Ashley, I feel like you also had a bit of a perspective on how you all should be represented. So maybe talk through that dynamic and like how that's evolved over time. Yeah, I think when we met, we, we were both going with the flow and had no idea where we wanted to seek and what we were doing. Yeah. But the dynamic between us, at first, I was, I felt like, even though I had more of an academic background, like he says, like, I felt like I was learning a lot from Miro because... He was fearless in being like, I'm a creative director, even though I didn't yeah. go to school for it. And I'm doing this and I'm doing all these cool projects. And it was dope work. It's not just like a random. So I got inspired by that. And then I got the courage to grow into more of a creative director role myself. And then you decided to transition your role too. I'm not going to see for you, but the dynamic is very like. I think what's cool about Ash and I, like over there course of the years that we've been working with each other we understand like what is our strengths and our weaknesses yeah. and at first i was a creative director but as i grew into it i realized that's not where i would really shine like yeah. you're the real director that's what you need to be doing where are my other skills i was very good at she made me realize that like, you're good at bringing people together yeah. you're good at reaching and like i played that whole i would say i'm very like 60 percent business 40 percent artists Same. like i'm very good at walking that thin line where I bridge that gap and leaving ash the possibility of just focusing on the creative aspect and the operation side of things which is yeah. extremely important because i always say the reason why our work looks so dope and so amazing is because of her quality controls every single thing everything yeah. everything everything is crazy yeah. so she gives me the ammo to like things. like she gives me ammo so it's like 
I could talk my shit and just be like, yeah, we're the best because <laughs> she creates, she makes sure that our work looks amazing. So it's just, we understand that dynamic and we just keep on rolling with that. Yeah. I love that. I love actually how a lot of that dynamic is still there, but it's also evolved over time and you both play into each other's strengths and it volleys back and forth. So thank you for taking me and the listeners through that. How would you describe your agency? There's, there's the typical, here are a strategic design agency and we help companies define who they are and like the feel that we give to our clients that description but like describing our agency like from the inside culture like i feel like we're trying to do something different with our agency and we're trying to really create we're trying to go against the status quo of what an agency is meant to be so whether that be the type of people who work within the agency which i'm pretty sure everywhere but also in our city not diverse at all. And then also just the workflow and work culture in general, which tends to be very toxic and very taxing on creatives and on your mental health. And I just want to create an environment that's very laid back and fun and that where our collaborators are prioritized, like their health and their creativity is prioritized over profit because I feel like profit will come naturally sure. if we just focus on ourselves and making sure that we're in a good space to do great work. Yeah. Yeah. I think it summed it up very well. Like I, I think it's also a little difficult to really put it into words, but it's just because our process is still evolving. We're still like building what our company culture should be like. And also it forces us to understand like, what is our definition of success? Like if, yeah, we spoke probably like a year ago or whatever, like before we had aspirations as big as I don't know, like Wyden Kennedy, for example, and these bigger agencies, I'm just have a thousand plus people and stuff like that. But as we mature, I should say, we are redefining what our success is to us. We don't want to have a thousand plus team. We want to have a small intimate team because the work we produce means a lot. We want to be very picky and choosy on who we work with, how we work on these projects and just, just be in a situation where it's like. The people who work with us, they're not just viewed as numbers, like they're viewed as, I want to still have personal relationships with clients. I want to have personal relationships with the people who work with us. And in order to do that, like we have to have a smaller team. We not really feasible of doing that with a thousand plus team. So with that mindset is forcing us to change of how we approach our work and how we approach the people we work with and kind of culture we're trying to build. So there's like a evolving front. I'm curious, was there a point where you guys had like a set approach to things and then because it wasn't working, you decided to change or have you all always been very flexible? Because sometimes I find that some of the biggest challenges for companies, they say, is like innovating and pivoting and knowing when. And so was there a particular moment for you or was this just something intrinsically a part of the way and the fabric that you all work? It was a lot of trial and error. Yeah, I like when we started out, we were just doing things how we thought everyone does it mm. and following that. And but then that led to us not really enjoying the work that we were doing because we weren't doing what we felt was right for us and what we yeah. wanted to do. We were doing what we felt we were supposed to do. So when we came to the realization that we're reaching a point where it's okay, this isn't fun anymore because we're burning ourselves out and we are not setting the proper boundaries with our clients and we're not prioritizing our needs. 
we're like, why are we doing this to ourselves? Because we're in a very privileged position being right. running our own thing. We make the rules and we can make up our own new rules and new ways of doing things. And we just had a moment of like, why are we doing this? You know what I mean? Or why are we forcing ourselves to, to do things in this way when we can literally make up our own rules as we go along? And we're like, you know what, let's make up our own rules and do it how we want to do it. Yeah, I think that constant hidden of wall and hidden of the wall and Ash and I be very reactive to that. Like we hit a wall and it's like, damn, like, I don't think this is working. I think we need to change something and just us just being very open to change and you to whatever form or just really reactive to that. Yeah. So with that being said, like we looked at the last six months, what are looking forward? Like, what are you all most excited about? Next six months, what we're very excited about, I don't. I'm excited about all of the seeds that we've been planting yeah, and not, how they're going to manifest. Yeah, I'm, I, you know, I'm not really excited for the next month. It's really, I guess what you said, the seeds, because we're going to plant a lot yeah, of seeds. Yeah. We have the Westbrook project. I don't know by the time this comes out, what will come of it. Yeah. It's one of our biggest clients yet. So that's really great. And I'm just super excited to see what happens as a result of that. I'm also excited. We also have the BMO thing going on. Like just, there's just little different things going on that's going to give us the exposure. And I don't know what's going to happen as a result. And I'm excited to see like what that is. Yeah. Like I think I approach that I've been trying to take as well too. Cause I'm someone who like projects himself in the future a lot. I'm really trying to like take it one day at a time at the same time. So that's why yeah. when you ask me with Lauren, like what it is, like I know there's things that are supposed to happen in the next six months that I'm excited about, but I don't want to think too much about it. I kind of want to just I take a lot of time and, and go with the flow because yeah. I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves sometimes. I don't, I do. I put a lot of pressure you on do. myself. You do. I'm used to going, taking a day at a time. <laughs> so I'm trying to like scale yeah. back and just okay, got to be confident in our skills. Got to be super, I don't want to say the word positive, but just remember that we're doing all the necessary work that we're, that we need to do. Yeah. It's, yeah, we'll just call it the humble takeover. That's all. <laughs> I like that. The humble takeover. The humble takeover. Hey, look, we're towards the end of the show. Out of all this, are any sort of like lessons that you'd want to leave for the listeners? I feel like that's a vague question because there's so many things that we could, there's so many possible answers to that. that then yeah, the those are the types of questions I think. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I think what you're just saying about taking things one step at a time is a good lesson because we tend to project ourselves in the future a little too much sometimes, just in general, like people yeah. in general. Yeah. Um, and I'm big on, that's just how I am. I, I'm big on just taking things one day at a time and one step at a time and whatever happens. I always have a kind of like an optimistic outlook on things, even if they're negative things or things don't go as planned. I'm always like, you know what, this happened this is great that this happened because I learned something, you know what I mean? I learned something new and I was able to grow from it. So when you take things one step at a time and you don't worry so much about, oh my God, how's this going to affect me in the future? It makes coping with being an entrepreneur or running your own thing a little bit easier. Yeah, I would add on to that. I guess a lesson and something that I only I preach about is put yourself in uncomfortable situations as much as possible. I feel like, especially in this, in the context of like entrepreneurship and creative and stuff like that, because sometimes we tend to just be around other creative people or, and I feel like we limit our, ourselves a lot. Like something that like I started doing like 
early on. The last two years is start like really understanding how the tech space works, for example. Yeah. We're just very like fascinated about that. And through that, we're able to just gain things that were helping us throughout our career, right? Just easily be like, okay, we're just going to network with other agency owners and other creatives. And it's, that's cool, right? Because like, oh, we're what's happening in our industry. But I think it's very important to just, just put ourselves in these different circles and these different things and just push yourselves in the unknown as much as possible. And be aware when you're not doing that enough to do that. Let me try this and see what happens, honestly. Yeah. I love that. And I think, yeah, being, being aware when you're not is like really important. Cause I think like for me, just looking back and reflecting on my journey, I think one of the things early on is just like design has an intersection with so many different things. And so if you're only sticking to one thing, you're limiting yourself drastically. And I even think in the agency space, that might even be a bit deceiving, right? If you're only speaking with agencies, because I know you all work with a variety of different clients in different industries, right? I think. By this episode alone, like banking and entertainment, right? Pretty separate, different industries, but there's still so much more to learn and you can take and apply and add your own flavor to it. Yeah. Flavor of that. Awesome. Ashley and Miro, thank you so much. This is a great conversation. I look, I see you all are getting a lot of publicity these days. And rightfully so, because you all are doing amazing work. And again, thank you so much. I'm humbled for you all being on the show and excited for a lot of the things coming down the line with six Sankium. Okay. So I appreciate you. Have a good one. I will keep up. And if you want to talk about tech, I'm always here. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. That concludes the show. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That is a huge way to show your support and it really helps us reach more people and grow our following. By the way, we release a new episode every two weeks, but in the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, or YouTube at Technically Speaking HW. Again, thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. This has been a production of Technically Speaking Media.